After wedding, after wedding. Oh, fuck that. Dog goes woof, cat goes meow, bird goes tweet, and mouse goes squeak. Cow goes moo, frog goes croak, and the elephant goes toot. Dogs say quack. And fish go blub And the seal goes ow, ow, ow But there's one sound that no one knows What does the fox say? Tifty's Network, where we are broadcasting live to over 100 countries. Tifty's Towers has been blown open this week because we are now celebrities, prof. That was my, uh, that was my maid voice. <laughs> I don't know what to think of that. But yeah, it's episode 106. Plus a half hour segment where I just call out puns. Yeah, it's going to be on now and then you wait and listen to absolute <laughs> shy for half an hour. But uh, yeah, so we've, uh, we're still sponsored by Camille and uh, they're still gorgeous as ever. And we've run out of, I've actually tasted all the menus, so at this stage, it's probably the duck, the hoisin is probably the, the go-to for me. Nice tiger beer, bring your own beer as well, and don't forget they also deliver to most of the wider Tala area. So uh, that is Tony and the boys down at Camille, absolutely gorgeous. Um, uh, we, I, was, I was talking to Penny Hill today, it's been a while since we've been in touch with them. But they're still on board, Prof, don't worry, they're still yeah. on board. You basically just walk in and you say... Have that beer Give me free stuff. Yeah. I'm like, okay, that's it. It's a pretty good relationship. Yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, it works. It works well. Yeah, so we've loads to talk about. We've finally done a prop. It's 106. And we're going to talk about last week's win over Bowes that put us through to the final of the FAI Cup. It's the Aviva. Here we come, prof. Uh, we look ahead to Sligo on Saturday, our last proper away trip of the season. Our all-time 11 features... Um, it has the centre back position, so Tommy Tommy and Jason Maloney make their selections. So this should be very, very interesting. And here's the thing, Prof, who's gonna go post and pre? Who's the older hoop? Well, it could have been either or. It could have been either or, yeah. But uh we decided Maloney to go for the the post eighty seven. I just thought it'd be fascinating to hear who he'd pick. Now considering I don't know, I'm, if he if he hadn't got such a good memory, there's not a chance you'd get any stories out of him. Because those years could have been a blur for a lot of people following Rovers. Um, Quifty semi-final as well. We've got Pico and Aaron McAniff. So the polls went with 72%. That's what went with Pico. We'll see if Aaron McAniff can upset that. Gary, this may be the most anticipated podcast we have ever done. Yeah, it's been a busy week. Considering the win and then the, the poor old Usher getting pranked. and. Right after the full time whistle, people were tweeting us, like, just dying to hear the next episode. Oh, man. And with that in mind, you just didn't turn up for recording mm, this morning. Yeah, woke up at about quarter to 11. I was like, oh, shit. Supposed to do school runs. Did school runs, came home and says, I'll just sit here for a minute. No, not happening. So, just like my documentary predicted would happen, <laughs> the fame has gone to your head. God, that's actually, yeah. <laughs> what are you think of it? Yeah, I was, uh, I was in a hotel room with a lot of hookers. Um, 
probably edit that one. <laughs> no, we're already keeping it. Uh, yeah, so yeah, it's just just a t- just taught in that game initially. Just a quick one. I've, I'm, I didn't enjoy that. I didn't no. enjoy it one bit. The first half was excruciating. Most unenjoyable game of football ever. Seriously, I got I pulled the face off myself for about ninety minutes. It was horrendous stuff. And the when the goal went in, fair enough, that was that was fine. Four minutes. Even after that, the first half was the longest first half of all time. I remember I thought, surely it's half time now. And I checked my phone, and there was thirty three minutes gone, and I was I was floored. You were like, um. This is ridiculous. It's like we've been four hours. It was it was horrendous stuff. It really was. Can you imagine at the final? Can you imagine we got them in the final. Imagine how fucking mental that'd be. Oh, I'm glad that didn't happen. Oh. Yeah, so cup final to look forward to. November 3rd. Uh, say it again, Prof. Say it again, Gert. We have a cup final to look forward to. November 3rd. Cup final. Rovers in the cup final. Yep. November 3rd. Me and Viva. So let uh, that sink in there, Prof. Let's sink in. Grab it. Grab it by the... Bollocks, just fucking sink in. Many gone. November tournament, it's sold out. Is it? Get out of the club. Uh, yeah, so we, we just forward. wanted to get there, didn't we? I mean, give us the day out. Obviously, we want to win it. But day just, out. Just what? give us, we wanted to get to the final. The plans are just swirling around me head. I've loads of plans for this one. I was loads. saying to uh, Anton Matthews on the way out from Daily Mill, 2010 feels like a lifetime ago for me. Especially in my case. We were up in the bleachers. I know, yeah. Remember that? How oh, shit that was? Ironically, we were sitting in front of Stephen Bradley's family. <laughs> no way. Because they were rooting them on every time he got the ball. Oh, possibly, yeah. That's a foot some memory problem. And he got sent off. But, uh, yeah, I was a relatively new fan back then, so it didn't mean nearly as much to me as it does now. So, this is a long time coming for me. So, okay, we're going to the Viva. <sighs> the Shetland Pony is ready. The Shetland Pony. Can we yeah. please, Mark Keaton, I know you listen. He, instead of a fucking donkey painted white can you please get us some sort of decent mare a big tall white horse we have to sort this out not a fucking donkey with a lot of jewel looks on it so well, that, that's the next step lots gonna, of uh, overseas hoops have booked their flights already ah you'd have to wouldn't you we've a couple of ourselves don't we we've Steve Searley we've Fields there we've Dan Fulham crazy money for looking for at the minute mm-hmm. they're looking for but I think a couple of them will make the, the trek from down F- under Fields are saying he doesn't have as much dosh as uh, that rich man Fulham that's because yeah. Fields are just goes and blows it every weekend. <laughs> Fulham sits in the room just with the with the vinyl. Like Gollum. Like a musical Gollum. Just a quick squad update. We have some Dells for the Aviva. Uh Kenny B did his back in. Uh Connor Foley wrecked his ankles. So yeah. Brazier said we'll have to assess them on the morning and see where they are. I, I, I was jumping around doing whatever and I'm just I just see a lot of legs falling around. I'm like, Jesus Connor Foley. So I had a look, quick medic job, says get up and walk it off. He'd be grand. A few of us went into town after and Connor's just sick. Where'd you end up? Oh yeah, no, he went up straight, uh, went straight to work. We're in the Globes and George Street. There's Connor Foley in the taxi, he's just sitting there and there's a bit of silence. He gets sick again. And then suddenly he just goes, This club will be the death of me. <laughs> <laughs> we're walking out, we're in the harbour master having a point beforehand, right? And just a couple of, you know, quiet ones and Seeing what was happening and walk out and out of nowhere he just went <laughs> just sick everywhere. It's like oh, and again, I think three or four times. We're just like get this fella away from me. He's gonna vomit on me. I don't know how to transition from that into this, but I'll, I'll do my best. Yeah. This is uh, Big Al's second FBI Cup final. He's our only survivor from the 2010 team. 
I'm Pajo. Pajo's one of the survivors. We'll give him an honorary survivor. Fair enough. And Brazzer. Uh, only three other players from that team are still active in professional football. Oh, okay, okay. James Chambers, Bethlehem Steel. That's right. Uh, active as in playing or in, in involved in any way possible? Still playing professional football. Oh, uh, in the whole squad? No, the 14 that played. Okay, so we had Flynn, Price. Bryce actually only came on as a silver. Bryce came on. Bryce but yeah, he isn't good. Bryce The first one should be obvious. Ender. The left back, yeah. Ender. Ender, yeah. So you're just missing one more. So Ender. I don't think he started. I think he came off. Chambers. But he had a big Connor game. Connor McCormick? No, he hadn't signed no. yet. He, he made an impact that year. This this last one you're missing. Love the goal against Pats. Oh, I was going to say it. Tommy Stewart. <laughs> I was going to say it. Tommy Stewart. Is he still playing? He was last with uh, a club in the Irish Carolina League. Railhawks. No, well, yeah, he was in America, but he came back to uh, Northern Ireland. And Alan Joey, the only players in the squad who were alive when Rovers last won the cup. And Brazzer was only two years old, just a baba. Joey is just the, he's the coolest kid on the block. He really is. I just want to grab him. Um, now, we have a, a, a plea for the Ultras. Good lads over at the Ultras. And we, they want to have a massive, massive. Uh, display biggest of all time and uh, donations for the Aviva display yeah so if you want to donate uh, you can get them on their PayPal SRFC Ultras Dublin at gmail.com they have Revolut as well um, just please support them as we're going to make a big push for this uh, any money left over from our bus if we if we do make it we're going to donate it to the lads Um yeah, obviously these massive displays cost a few bobs. So definitely, contribute yeah. anything you so can. definitely uh, keep don't forget we are on the bus as well. We're one or two short of being comfortable. Um we would like to give them a few quid, so we'll we'll probably do a whip around on the bus as well. So we'll see what happens. But that is the ultras and uh like they said they want to have a massive, massive display and they do great work in around the club, creating atmosphere and things like that, so it's well worth it. And don't forget while we're here, I might as well say as well, Tommy Kelly's young tortines are looking for a donation as well, looking for any companies willing to sponsor them. That's Tommy Kelly, and that's Sacred Heart. So get on to Tommy Kelly, or get on to us, and we can we can hook it up. Also, Tifties look for sponsors as well. So if you need to, if you want to give us money, please let us know. Uh, Gary O'Neill interview. He said the manager speaks up every day, reminding us that uh, we have to be a top team and you have to win silverware. So it is very true. I mean, we we have to win something. Don't Nobody we? would remember us if we don't win. Anything. No, exactly. No one remembers second place. Yeah. And Brad said in an interview, praised the board and said last summer after bad results, he wasn't under any pressure from them. He said they were actually ringing me and saying, stay calm and relax. Do what you have to do. There is no issue. So it's good to see when you have full backing of the board. And uh, rightly so, I think. I think we should be buying into this project and seeing, just seeing how it fares, you know. Also, Brad's decision to play a full-strength team in Dundalk on the Monday. How good is that looking right now? It, it, realistically, like if, if he didn't, he probably would have lost a lot of respect in and around the league as well, you know, just handing the league to Dundalk where we did put up a fight, we put up a full strength team. So I, was, I was happy enough that he, at the time I was questioning it. I wanted a mixed team. Yeah. All right, so. But his reasoning was that we play better when we have a more regular run of games. Mm. Like, you know, the five wins in 15 yeah, days. Yeah, yeah, Keep ticking over, keep moving. So, there was logic to it. And also in the media recently we had Stephen Bradley saying that contracts for out of contract players for next season are being sorted out now. Bar Joey O'Brien and Greg Bulger, they should be sorted soon. Please 
put Joey at the top of the list. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Hopefully uh, Mel Slattery is still, still under contract and uh, Shales don't poach him. Yeah, that's it. Ray Whelan as well, we're in contract. Yep. Um, 17 cases of curry powder. He's trying to bump it to 25. We're, we're locked in negotiations here. James Law was eager to talk to me and everyone who would listen about that Mal Slattery interview last week. He said he counted how many times that Mal said, you know. And he actually did. And I want to know about his productivity in work. That's what I want to know. <laughs> Tell him how many he counted. It was 93. 93. He, he said that 93 in, times. In how long? Could have 96 actually. Was about, it was about 11 minutes or something, was it? So that's what he's doing to work. 93. Knock it out of the park, James. I love how he explained to me. He's just like, I was listening to it and I just stopped it. I said, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. And then he rewinded it. It's like, I'm going to count this. <laughs> so many in the first while. Yeah. And then we have the results of our left-back poll from the Milltown era as follows. So Pat Corney received two votes, Jim Beglin and Kevin Brady, 10 each. And the winner was John Cody with that left foot with 60. So John Cody yep. romps home again. Nothing hasn't really been close yet, has it? No, not really. We've kind of had a clear winner every time. Uh, the post-1987, the results were Richie Byrne got one vote, mm. Owen Mullen, six, Sean Cavanagh, 34, and Enda Stevens, 167. Enda slalom. Slaloming. Is that a word, Prof? If you were to slalom. I've, to not, I've not heard this word. Slalom. You know, when you go downhill, like skiing, slaloming. Slaloming. I've not done it myself, but whatever, <laughs> yeah, whatever, whatever you're into. Yes, yeah, so by the way, Slalom. Usher is not a left back, despite no. being added to the poll. How many votes he got? He got loads. He got more votes than Cowboy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was I was uh, offered a fight by Usher as well today. He was out to get yeah. me. He says, "No joke, I want to fight you." <laughs> I was like, "No problem, Usher." I said, "I don't want to." I think the joke went too far. I bet you get him again. <laughs> I bet you get him again for the years out, right? Yeah. So uh, right up next, we have a cracker of an interview for you, and we have. Two of the most famous hoops on the block. It's Tommy, Tommy and Jason Maloney. Okay, we're back for Shamrock Rovers all-time 11. And we, you heard left-backs last week. So we've done goalkeepers, right-backs, left-backs. Now we're on to centre-backs. And we have Tommy, Tommy. He's going to do centre-backs from the middle town here. And Jason Maloney, he'll do centre-backs after 1987. And as always, the rule is, the player, when he, if he debuted before 1987, that's the era he's eligible for so Peter Eccles not eligible for Maloney's picks so before we actually start we're, this is the first time I've been in Johnny Bills since it's been under renovation so I saw this first time as you the lads uh, your first reaction as I said it's like Robert's playing in Talca and then going into Tala it looks like Tala about two hours before the kick off and the Slugger Rovers game which were in the match but I'm looking forward to seeing the final the final finished article I mean you were here a few months ago it uh, looks pretty different does look pretty different. Looks very well though the roof and the, the shelves and everything and the uh, the bar moving. So I'm looking forward to seeing the final article at some stage in the distant future. <laughs> Strong uh, smell of paint fumes. So that'll explain any questionable decisions today. So we're going to start with Tommy Tommy, your first centre back. Well, we're gonna gonna go in chronological order, I suppose. So the first one to be Ronnie Nolan. Look, I didn't see him, but largely based on his medal hall and the fact that if you look at a lot of the interleague teams in the 1960s Ronnie Nolan was usually on it so I'm going to give Ronnie Nolan as my token dim and distant past uh, pick then the next one would be Nolan. I'm going to go back and forth so Jason's next so give us your first one Jason I'm not sure I'm going to stick with chronological I'm going to kind of stick 
you know, we're picking centre halves, obviously the best we're looking at playing ability, but we're throwing playing ability as well as kind of loyalty to the club as well. So the one that sticks out, you know, from I think it would be probably Terry Palmer. Terry was great centre half for us and he was one of those centre halves that he could do both. He could play play ball from the back and he was also attacking, you know, good centre half to have to defend corners, get a centre ball as well. So throwing the fact he was also a Rovers fan as well. His, uh, his dad Jimmy was was always you know great Rovers fan as well. He was a member of the Hoops Club. I always remember the moment when we beat uh, the first time I actually seen us win away in Europe when we beat Audra Waterslaw in the 2003 in the Town Cup and uh, Terry gone gone across to the down the crown of Poland and just hugging him the two of them almost in tears. It was a great moment, emotional moment, you know, to be there to see that. So Terry would definitely yeah, I would have Terry Palmer there. Um, but having just ahead of somebody who would. Again, not Cronjie, who would have played us and you know, and being a bit loyal to us and being a very good centre half with Aiden Price. Like, I just Ed put Terry just in there with Aiden. Aiden obviously won the league, was in two divisions in the first division and in the obviously in the Premier League in, the, in uh, 2010. And I was remember about Aiden and that I was drinking with him. I was drinking with Michael O'Neill one week, funnily enough. And he actually just turned around and said to me, he says, The one player of all the players that he that he you know kind of regretted or found it hard to tell he was leaving or not renewing his contract was Aiden Price. I mean think of the type of players, the amount of players we had during that era was kind of a bit of a testament of, you know, how much of a valued member of the squad Aiden was at that time. Yeah, says it all. So your second choice, Tommy? Well my second choice is another dim and distant past pick for me anyway, Noel Sinnott. Um famous for an OG for against his own team for us against Waterford in the cup final after four minutes or whatever it was I think but uh, also got a testimonial when he was with Rovers albeit it was I think famously badly attended but I know Sinnott then as our second second of my four I think you would have seen him for a couple of seasons when you started following around 81, 82 no, no, no I was later than that I was I was mid 80s I was the four in a row so um, I didn't see him for a couple of seasons but I saw him for Waterford the less said about his managerial stint, the better, I think. <laughs> but um, also gets bonus points for being manager of uh, Ballymun United and getting locked when he was here. So, fair play to him. Absolutely. Most important point. So, your second choice, Jay. Uh, another one, great ability and a player who could play ball excellently actually, and a great header of the ball as well for us, Craig Sivis. Obviously won two leagues for us in the in the era in the, the start of the Tata era under O'Neill and came up for us I remember seeing him in, 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 a, in a pre-season friendly I think it was up in Newry or something like that and we were saying Look, this guy is, who, who is this guy and he may well have gone off injured and reading um, since then you know I think what happened was then he agreed to play for hours for free just to get get fit he just stepped up with the squad to prove his fitness Michael O'Neill obviously the Scottish connection had seen something in him and you know he stayed with us for a while and he came into the team about 7 or 8 games I think maybe into the into the year we won the league, uh, into the, the fourth season, and you know he was there for uh, one two leagues, and you know probably up there would I would say if all round centre halves probably the you know probably the best. Going to mention another guy from more recent times later on, but probably the best centre half for all round ability that I've seen playing for overs, Craig Sivis. Right. Your next choice, Tommy. Well, my next choice is Jacko McDonough, who. I can remember playing, I was very young, but I can remember him playing, and I can just remember, you know, when somebody, like you hear kids now talking about Pogba or whatever, so everything he did was just a touch of class. 
Um, you also remember him scoring a goal in Oriel, which for this week is a, is for the week we're recording is hopefully a good omen. So uh, Jacko McDonough. He also, in fairness to Jacko McDonough, he was only with Rovers for a few seasons, but I think you know to go and be playing full time football on the continent says a lot from a player from the League of Ireland at that stage. So, so describe some of his best attributes as a defender. Well, he was just a, he was a class defender. He was actually played quite like Terry Palmer. Actually, he would have been a. a a classy football and defender. Um, you know, he polar opposite probably to Keeley, who was around, who came in after. I think shortly after he left, or just were they there for a season together? They were there for season eighty three. Yeah, I think he went on, and Peter Eccles came in centre half. Then yeah, I think he played eighty four, eighty five. He went then, didn't he? Yeah. He played with, Ec- uh, with Keeley yeah. as centre halves in the fourth year at Farnham Rowland. So Jacko McDonough then is the next choice. Well, your third choice, Jason. Um, I'm going to go up to the present day and two, we've two actually excellent centre-halves playing for the club at the moment um, who seem to be almost there every week, week in, week out this season uh, Pico and, and Lee Grace I'm going to go for a Lee but Pico could be, you know, count himself a little bit unfortunate not to be, say it had to be this time probably next year because the season he's had this year he's got better for us each season you know, Pico and, you know, he gets a bit of criticism for making the odd mistake but I think he's kind of got that out of his game this year, you know, and he's really worked on it, you know, and he's had an excellent season, you know, but just again for just all around football ability and what he brings to teams, Lee Grace uh, has been, like, you know, a few of bros raised when we paid 25 grand from, you know, um, in the middle of the season during the transfer window a couple of years ago from Galway. I think what happened to Galway soon after was probably pays more testament as well, the fact they got relegated, you know, soon after losing them, but he made his debut for us against, against Derry I think we could have lost the game when we drew one all but and he was everybody was just raving about him, you know for the first first time we seen him like you know even though we didn't win the game you know centre half getting man of the match it was like I remember always chatting that night and everybody was raving about him just kind of go on and on like you know for me in the European games he really stands out uh, Sweden last year he was absolutely phenomenal I think he was brilliant and he was excellent this year in, in, in the games even though he got sent off against uh, in Cyprus, you know, I think he was left short by a ball from from uh, one of our ex players, uh, but he, you know, he was excellent at that point. He was brilliant on the night, and he just gives you every. You watch him on the ball. Sometimes you think he's going to, you know, try a trick too much, you know, like you know, and he'll get caught out. But he very, very rarely does. He can play the ball. He can, you know, take the ball out of defence. He can score goals from set pieces, and yeah, he's he's up there. I'm not sure why his contract. I see um, Brad's was talking recently in the papers this week about having all the players he wanted for next year. I think he was on a two and a half year deal when he signed for his force, which will be up at the end of this year. So hopefully there's been some negotiations done that he will be a Rovers player for the immediate and mid to term future. Okay, your last choice, Tommy. Well, last choice is then Peter Reckles, obviously. Uh, a great player for Rovers, not just in Milltown. Um, a leader he, and a kind of an inspirational figure. He won the fans over in Milltown having um, there was an article in the programme about him I remember which the headline was Peter was a Bowes fan so to, you know, to come back from that and to be uh, the fans hero in by the end of his by the end of the four in a row um, says a lot about him uh, could, he could play a bit because he's, he's, he'd be remembered more for slowing down in, in the 90s but he could, he could play a bit when he was younger and as I said he could kick and fight a bit as well so uh, an all around exactly what you're looking for in a centre half I would say that's something that Robert Gardens actually mentioned he was so impressed by the way he overcame 
the negativity of the Rovers support when he first came in, he was blown away by that. Yeah, I think I think that says a lot about the guy. I think he's a very strong character, and he was you know he's the type of character you need. I mean, obviously he came in. He actually, in some ways he wasn't really needed as that in the four in a row team because he he fought his way into what was a very good team. But that says a lot about him in a in a different way, if you know what I mean. Another man who uh, drank a lot. Actually, didn't drink anything in Johnny Bills, but he was here with us in Johnny yeah. Bills. He so was here while we drank a lot. That sums it up, yeah. So, Jay, you're a fourth choice. Yeah, obviously the rules of of this. You said you you couldn't pick the centre half that that made his debut, but from Peter would have been on my post. You know, Milltown era as well. Um, play for us, you bring a bit of a cult hero probably in Milltown. Just another. But what he, the Milltown days, for now, we with a team full of leaders, you know, there was King, there was Pat Bourne, you know, there's there's loads of players of that ilk, you know, uh, but I think Peter was more of a leader, you know, when we won the league in 94, you know, we had a great back down to the team, so, so speaking of leaders, uh, you know, it's probably the one more, the, the next person I'm going to pick, the next centre half, probably one more that people would just say straight away, when you talk about this player, it would be Dan Murray, you know, he came to us. Um, won the league and you know he he just kind of settled settled that back four and you know you can just see kind of the winning mentality he had what he'd won with Cork City beforehand and when he came to us you know you can just see the way he kind of he marshaled defence again another player who could no problem playing the ball on the ground and you know would be the first man to get his head you know don't even head to a corner or anything like that uh, I would like to see him. I would like to maybe have kept him for a couple of years longer. Now he's getting a bit older, but he definitely made an impact. And, and one of the, the the best moments I can remember is when obviously the famous night in Belgrade. Tommy was there. Well, he wasn't. When uh, I think there was just a camera from behind the goal, and when Stephen O'Donnell's penalty went in, you just see the reaction of of Dan Murray when he just you just see him kind of almost crouching his knees and just throwing fists in the air. It was a brilliant moment from that particular angle. So that's a moment I was here with, with, with Dan Murray. So him and Sivis together were, were an absolutely brilliant pairing, you know. Uh, up there, probably the, the the best pairings I've seen at centre half them probably Eccles and Neville in, in Milltown were, were great centre halves together. But yeah, Dan Murray would definitely be there. And again. For, for just repeating what I just said there, just little pure leadership qualities, you know. So you couldn't pick, pick Peter Eccles, but you picked Dan Murray as a bonus. Well, that was it, yeah. <laughs> Peter, would, oh, Peter, you know, for Peter would obviously be the force of this, but but this man across was Carl makes the rules, you know. <laughs> Carl, the prof makes the rules, so yeah. What about Eccles' partner in 994, Gino Brazil? Did he come into consideration? Certainly Gino. Gino's one actually I had a list of a couple of that, that just didn't make it. I'd mentioned Pico, I'd mentioned Aiden Price, definitely Gino. You know, some of the, the guys Gino scored an absolute wonder goal against Bowes and he didn't get one against Warp in the RDS, uh, you know, which, which you would remember, but he was just an uns- he would go down probably as an unsung hero. He was there through all the years through through bad times when we were travelling on the road, but he was just, you know, an out and out ball playing centre half. I know I keep using that phrase, but and he had Peter beside him in ninety four and they were just you know they kind of complimented you just other so well another player that I would have had he could have played full back and centre half that just could have missed out would have been Richie Pordy Richie was a great player for us great you know as a full back and he played centre half when, when needed to be he was just tough as nails one of those and he, I think he, he actually got two did he get two goals against Bowles one night we beat Bowles at Talking and he got two goals I think and you know and it was a chance of ooh Richie Pordy that was a chance and he was one that would have given given us all for hours, you know. Like, you know, kind of player that it's a pity he didn't play in a time where the team was more successful would have deserved to win medals as as would have 
as with Gino, of course, you know, when he won the, he won the medal and thing, but you know, to play a team that went on for a few years, the 94 team was obviously, you know, broken up too quickly, you know, and we lost, like, we lost the whole spine of the team. We lost Eccles, we lost Alan Bourne, we lost Stephen Gagan. You know, we were never going to kick on after that, but that's probably for another day. I, I think when this team is picked, if you were to look at who you'd have on the bench, like someone like Gino, who could be ball playing centre half, could cover full back, you could, if you were really stuck, you could stick him in central midfield. Would be si- would be similar enough to Derek Tracy as well, who could probably cover about ten positions. And the two of them, you could argue, not just for their loyalty to the club, but the two of them, just as utility players, would be. If it was the old days where you only had one or two subs, they'd be exactly the type of fella you'd have on the bench. Yeah, that's a, that's a good thing. Warren, for just just trying to like something that Michael O'Neill did. Now when he came forward, he probably hadn't got as big as budget as some of the other clubs. So what he did, he went out and signed players that were that could play in a variety of positions. You know, Michael probably had seventeen and eighteen really good force teamers, but because they could fit in, like you'd Shepherd could play centre forward, outside right. You'd Sivers played full back or centre half. You know, Chris Turner could play a couple of roles. You had a variety of players in the team that did that, you know, so it's obviously a, a good thing to be looking at. That's one of their podcasts, the all-time Shamrock Rovers bench. But, uh, Tommy, out of those four, what two would you pick? I think I would probably pick um, the last two, uh, Jack McDonough and Pedro. I mean, uh, the problem with that is they're quite, in some ways they're similar enough you know, you're 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 going to be relying on Noel King there to close down the the midfielders in front of them. But I would because they, they're the two I'd seen the most. I would pick them. I'd say Ronnie Nolan, if if you give me a time machine, might be unlucky not to miss out there. Um, I think I think in terms of class, from everything I've heard from everybody, I think Noel Sinner would probably just be a step back from those two. Okay, Jay, out of your four, what two? Uh, Sivers and Grace, just a few pure football ability. You know, and what, what what they can do, you know, and how good they look, you know, and you know they they playing as I said, even playing at higher levels, they could they kind of they up the game. You could see them in some of the games they played where they didn't look out of place playing against, you know, players of better pedigree from better leagues, etc. So definitely would be uh, Lee Grace and Craig Sivis as a pairing, just in your imagination, do you think that would work well? Well, that's what I actually before yeah, that was in my mind before I was thinking. I'm not sure how it would work, but it was just pure picking. If you're picking a fantasy team. You know, you probably would pick them too. Um, again, the four, the four choices I made, you know, that there's no like kind of, you know, tough guy, ball player in the middle of the four of them could have seen to that I mentioned, you know, Palmer, Sivis, uh, Grace, and Murray, they all, they all had both attributes of the centre half, kind of, you know. But, yeah, I think they would because they're that good ball players. They could both win the ball in the air, both could pass the ball out of the fence, you know, so, you know, they'd be too good together not to. You know, play as a as a walking centre half. I think Grace would be able to take the step back, maybe and cover City City kind of diving in. I I would have if if you're talking about a pair in there, I think I'd have faith in Grace to kind of make it work. Yeah, probably. Yeah, as I said, he can do. He can he can step back certainly, and he can you know even you know yeah he showed his football skills as well when we when we tried when we if we tried to play three at the back sometimes this year. You know, he doesn't go placing on the either. You know, even on either side, rarely makes a mistake either. But when he does, it seems to cost us. But thankfully, they're few and far between. So that was the two lads, and a big fan of Jason Maloney's selection there. I was the Civez fanboy, and uh, not surprised. Uh, I mean, fantastic, fantastic footballer. Had two yeah. fucking brilliant seasons. He was just 
fantastic at the back. He really, really was. And as Jay mentioned there in the interview, he was signed initially on a pay-per-play basis. Like, 250 a week, £250 a week he was signed for. Little or nothing. Like, he was signed in March, and like he didn't even feature for the first few months, and he was just training with us, and, you know, we were thinking our back, our centre-backs would be Maguire and Price and whoever. I can still see him at the back post now, knocking it back into the box for Twiggy. Yeah. To nod home. Our, our teams are taking shape now, Gar. Uh, we almost have our back four. We're just waiting on the results of this centre-back poll, and then we'll have it. I think so, yeah, I think so. It has to be Sivez for me, though. Sivez banged in at the back four. Um... Are you part of the most enjoyable part of the show now? 2 0 Daily Mount. 2 0. <sighs> just, just, let's just kind of just sit here and enjoy it. Just think about it. As excruciating as it was to watch the game, it was fucking unbelievable. I can't, I can't think of a better derby. After that second goal, I just zoned out for a few minutes and I just. I just my mind just floated away and I was just enjoying it so much. Yeah. I was that, like, that would have been was the, like, the legal drugs you were consuming like, in yeah, the stand. Like we won't talk about that. <laughs> But it's just like, we are in the final. How about the mind games from both sets of management, pre and post, and uh, especially pre-game, considering mm. that he said that like he had a lot of injuries. They all played. We were keeping Joey on the wraps. You know, there was a lot of mind games there. I said that to everyone in the bar. I was like, see all those players are they all start. But I tell you what, what Brad's really did, right? This whole formation change thing, where we just completely scuppered it against balls. I'd say he played that in the last two or three games on porpoise. Knowing the league is gone. Knowing we're going to be playing balls. <laughs> knowing Long is going to be watching the game and duped them right into thinking that we'd be playing that formation and then went bam, straight back into what we were on. Even when you watch back... On the masterclass. The, even when you watch back in RTE, the graphic goes up and they're expecting three at the back. Nutsy looks at it and he's expecting three at the back. And then the game develops and it's like, oh no, it's actually four. Yeah, it was four. I don't even get I'm, not, I'm, I'm gonna go from me rant is coming. Um so the world filtered through that Joey O'Brien was fit and he was the only change, so Joey in for Lafferty at the back four and so Finn returned to centre mid. My confidence increased tenfold when I heard Joey was when he said in. when we say centre mid it wasn't necessarily centre mid, he was kinda of covering out on the right. Mm. And uh, that's where the goal came from. Yeah, well, he yeah. was he was doing a good job. And hence he was the ref again. Um Do you want to talk about Joey now? Because there are no words how can a right back be this influential how he's just he's just a lad he gets stuck in what a, what a player how up for this was he as Maloney pointed out there was a skirmish at some point in the game and it was the young players in the team pulling Joey back pulling Joey back Harvey he stood away around honestly if it, I don't think it'll come down to finances like I think we will offer him a contract if he says no Prof we're knocking at his door Mm. On, on bending knee please Joey please just one more season same with him and Al two of them senior man we need them people sick with nerves going to this game as you sick. mentioned some cases literally I could still nerves. neck a heap of points beforehand <laughs> we're all just like I was just numb beforehand I oh was just... man the build up was brilliant we all started off now the match was brilliant but I mean just like the early part of the day was just <sighs> I was in a class it was class. I just loved it because the nerves weren't really there. We actually banned football talk for the first hour and we were in the Harbour Master and we said, no, we're not going to talk about football. Obviously, it didn't last long. So we're in there, we're having a couple of points and all started to get crowded. A couple of spotters came in, see if Rovers were there. 
And then we ended up walking. Barely got sick everywhere. Walking up Talbot Street into Madigan's. Everybody's filtering in. Yeah. You're seeing fans look over tickets. Everyone's in Madigan's. You're getting bored. They're not getting into the living room. You're getting bored. They're not getting into this place. Oh, yeah, come on down to Madigan's. Everybody's meeting up. And it was just, it was fantastic. And then the nerves start kicking off. And then the we finally got to the march. It was... It was young, it was old. Everybody. Everyone was, a, was together. It was a call to arms and everybody answered. Everybody answered. Not one person that I contacted or that we knew of that was coming did not turn up. Like they, Everyone turned up. Everybody turned up. So big fucking thank you to anyone who helped or turned up or did anything in any way. So it This was, club is amazing. It is. When, when people we, pull together like yeah, that. We can do fucking anything we want. So on we went, Garen, we just had a casual stroll into Bo's back garden. That's it. We walked around. We owned Dublin 7 for half an hour. Took over Fisborough and made a show of them. In the words of Rick A. Keegan, they didn't want no smoke. <laughs> they didn't want no smoke. Uh, the hut was jammers. I didn't even go into the hut. I, could, well, I couldn't. I went. Where did I go? I went straight past that. Because do you know when we first got to Dublin's corner, I kicked off. Yeah. And there was like a big just gathering of hoops and then they were on the other side and it was all argy bargy I loved it so I went straight off the Eddie Rockets had to meet someone uh, to get a ticket and then just kind of taking it all in just kind of breathing in the madness and watching it all uh, develop I actually did get in I was more wily this time because I remember last time the I, wily I, fox I, I couldn't get in your man had his arms across the door and me and Maloney still managed to slip around <laughs> That's I put that down to Maloney yeah. it wouldn't be the first time he snuck under the radar but the march, it really set the tone for the whole day, didn't it? Got everybody in the buzz because it was something to look forward to just before that because it was the, you could say it was the pass before the assist. Ooh, you like that? I like that now. You like that? Good, yeah. um, it uh, was it was amazing. Robbie Gaffney was uh, alongside me for a little bit of the I seen the calf, yeah. He uh, staying up. He, he said, goes, get into these. <laughs> he started chanting uh, to the guards, we got you overtime. Yeah. <laughs> and he called me the doc. The doc. Yeah. Well, we got. We might have to change that now. The doc or the prof. Yeah. The doc. <laughs> we were we were trying to start a uh, footage of this match, and Kane Hopkins, who's who's helped us out with a couple of videos. Yeah, big shout out to Kane. He Massive. Made the, he made the documentary and he made the one for Usher. So, but unfortunately, he couldn't go, and they were thinking, oh, we could ask someone else. And then, and then Gary said, I, I might try and film it. So then, as we're marching, I look around. The whole city is filming on their phone. Everybody. And I just wrote back to Connor from the media team. I was like, I don't think this would be an issue. I think it'll go on the internet. There was a great one of us all going to Doyle's Corner from afar. And then there was a great one coming from down. And then there was one where we were all walking and you could get a gauge of how many there was. That's the best one. Yeah. And I'd, I'd say 300 plus, easy. Because I don't think we had that many in Europe before. Because it felt like Europe. You know, when we were away in Europe and yeah. we marched to the ground. I'd say 400. Easy, easy. We went down. We we, we owned the D seven, but um, the the scanners as well. Scan. They weren't. It, it was a joke. They were trying to. Uh, they were taking tickets off people and everything. It was it was it was embarrassing. Deco was convinced that they were just shining a torch in the ticket, and the girl that turns out would just say beep yeah. herself. <laughs> it was it was it was an app on her phone for the QR code. And she just did beep or something behind her, sit underneath the turnstile. <laughs> Um, and as we walked in, Gary, what did I say to you? I said, two and a half years of this podcast has come down to yeah, this moment. Yeah, it's come down to this moment. To this moment, right here. And uh, we went in, we just, we found our, we found our spot. 
And kickoff was delayed by five minutes. The PA announcement in which the ref threatened to suspend the game if any more players are thrown. I didn't hear that. I didn't either. Really? I just read it. Oh, box. Yeah. Oh, fucking. What's his name? Talbot. I've never seen someone yeah. so shook in army life. Oh, he looked rattled. He was rattled. And a great photograph came out after, and he goes Buckley and someone else in his ear. As if to say, like he he looked down and he looked shook, and there it's like there in his ear saying, "Listen, get your fucking head together. We need to win this game." That's what it seemed like. So we had him rattled from the get go, and yeah. and right from kickoff, we were up for this. <sighs> we we're up for the fight. It just felt right, didn't it? Yeah. It just felt right. Three times in a hundred years, this, this fixture has occurred. No, it's a little more than that. But Shut up, prof. But it is rare. How good was Berkey <sighs> in the like? The first half first, hour, he just he ran was, everything into the channels and held, kept possession. Though he was actually taking the piss at one point. Do you know what he I noticed just, as well? The one thing that I really liked is that straight the first 10 15 minutes, you knew the game plan was different. You yeah. knew we were clipping balls in and not fucking about at the back. We were direct. It was refreshing, yeah. and the first I think some of our first touches in their half were down in their toward. You could say, if you get me. Like in their corner flags, sometimes Greener would the first touch in their half from our player would be clipped in, and that's that touch, and then we'd work it in from there. We'd hold on to possession. Borky and Greener were working out in there, and then it ended up with Jacko and whipped in, and we create chances. It was a it was fucking brilliant. Yeah, it was direct football. Razzagar's tactics spot on, bang on the button, and we we had been talking about beforehand saying this is where he's going to make his money, this is where the bread yeah. is bored, and his fucking bread was stacked, Kerry gold everywhere. So, Borky, 1-0, Prof. <laughs> Never a corner. Not a corner in 100 years. There was a lot of tweets about that. Not a corner. Never a corner. It hit off Bourne's foot blatantly. Blatantly hit off his foot. But it's not, sure, it's not like we've had a player sent off and a penalty given away for a ball. Yeah, yeah, Hitting true, the defender, smacking the face. So, I am going to fucking... I'm going to wallow in this. Absolutely wallow in this. This should have been... It should have been a goal kick. Brilliant. So Jacko does a shimmy. You're in the you're in the desk. Let me set the scene. You're in the desk, Kelly. There's smoke everywhere. Silence. Jack Bourne uh, whips in the whips in the corner. Actually, if you watch it back. Bows are singing, which makes it even better. They're singing their version of four in a row, whatever. It yeah, is. I don't know what they actually say after that. Yeah, so that made it even better. They were singing at the top of their lungs, and then we scored. Ah, oh, glancing header from post. I think it was Ward or Buckley on the front post not doing their job and then limbs everywhere mayhem ensued and I did, did this time around I didn't stop because for some reason lately I, I just kind of hesitate to celebrate that's VAR yeah isn't it? I don't know I think that was just Rovers I know it was all VAR and League of Ireland it's Rovers though Rovers I wouldn't because I wouldn't watch like I wouldn't watch VAR that often like football that entails with, with, with VAR but it it just it just seems like everyone's against us and we're gonna go this low, but this yeah. one mayhem, absolute mayhem in the stand, and uh, it just set the tone, didn't it? Uh, it was amazing, fantastic to get the early goal. This is only four minutes into the game, and uh, have a little stab with that later on. But uh, a pre-rehearsed move said Brazzer. He said that they no- he noticed that they were small at the front post area. Ha <laughs> ha! Homework, baby. There you go. Brazzer doing the swatting at home. And yet another master stroker by Tales from the East End. We keep dropping Berkey in our starting 11s and derbies just to light a fire under. That's it. Get that fire lit. He scores another goal. You're welcome, folks. And he had an absolute screamer of a game. You are welcome. Um, the disallowed goal 
Hold on, no, wait, what we have? We're running up the break, right? What else in the first half? Like, it was all kind of, it was just us maintaining them in the first half. They played out wide a lot. And this is what we spoke about two or three weeks ago and in our preview of the game. We said that they are going to play the ball out wide and run us. And we had yeah. it to a T. This was fascinating because we actually let them take control. Yeah, just let them go wide. But they weren't hurting us. No, not once. I don't think, I can't take a one chance in the first half of them. We didn't try and pass them off the pitch like we, we usually do. No. It was a quite it was quite a cagey first half. It was very tense. Yeah, definitely, definitely was. And we just like we went into the break, and the second half, fucking halftime whistle went. I just thought, oh my god, thank fuck that's over. And then you're just kind of chatting away, and then you see the players coming out, and you're like, oh, there's another forty-five of this. So into the second half, and this little goal that was late on, but man drew red card. There was a couple of chances in between that. I mean, we were we were excellent. I thought at one stage. There was probably six decisions that that just went our way and totally killed the game. As regards to flow, they were getting somewhere eventually. They were building up a bit of play, and there was fifty fifties, and we just got the decision. I know every at time, least six in a row, wasn't it? Every time I expected them to build a bit of momentum, we just win a free, and then they wouldn't really get going again for another few minutes. And then we'd win a free when they did get going, and yeah. that just totally decimated them. League race is. It's probably the best performance I've ever seen. Oh, Possibly of a, from a centre-half in our over jersey. He getting, was forced to everything. Every everything. fucking ball that came near him, he was winning. There wasn't a chance in hell. Even there was one suicide ball, and he was nowhere near it. He got his pace up and just happened to, to tackle and clear it out. I was looking at it going, oh, look at this. Ah, oh. oh, He's no, he no right to get there. I'm there going, fuck you, Grace, you're no right to get that. Like, Unbelievable. That's not all he said about Grace. I won't, I won't repeat it on the show. Yeah. But, uh, I think Larish listens. <laughs> Maybe she might, she might mind. So the red card for, for Mandrew. This was on 76 minutes. I saw, a couple of image, I saw a couple of different angles of this prop and it's horrendous. Bad tackle on Cav. I went over the ball. Horrendous. Where you lift your foot and your studs and you chomped them down right on the guy's shin. It was a horrendous mm. tackle. And I'm delighted he got sent off. It looked bad. I couldn't see. I didn't have a great view of it, but it looked the sec- bad No, the, the second I saw, I thought yeah. that's a red. Because it was one of those sneaky little one-inch stamps. Not a really blatant one. It was a little, little one-incher. And yeah. the ones that could have a lot of force in them. And you know all about the one-inchers. They're a lot, a lot of force in them. And they, they, they can break a bone. And he tried to get away with it. And the ref saw everything. And it was a horrendous tackle. One of the many instances of sweet justice in this derby. One being this red card because he should have been sent off for that shocker of a tackle against Shelburne. Remember that? Mm. They were two down against that was Shelburne. Worse. That was worse than this one, in fairness. That was much worse. Yeah, that was really bad. But these should never should have been in the semi-finals. Yeah. They should have lost that game to Shelburne. Sure, hold on. If we're going to talk about results again and, and things that haven't gone our way, just to jump in. Do you remember the Dan Bourne tackle? Oh, last year. <laughs> remember that? That, oh. that was one of the worst tackles I've ever seen. And he didn't even get a yellow. And then he was subbed off. He so was on the yellow if, he, if people are going to talk about decisions, it swings around as we know that. But fuck them. Let's revel in it. Yeah. I don't give a bollocks. Delighted we got a bogey decision against this. Absolutely delighted. No surprise, Gary. That was Harvey who didn't send off Mandrew against Chelsea. Yep. So yeah, so I mean, Mandrew's tackle, it was like a... It was like a bullet from a gun, you know? Bang, bang, you know? It was a, it was like a bullet from a gun, you know? That's similar similar to that. What are you implying, Gary? Can <laughs> So Cavo luckily wasn't injured. And this little goal, I I just came out of Jack's and I burst out of it. Because I heard the I heard the roar. 
So the jock's not halfway down, but I'm pulling them up and I'm running like a like a child coming out of our play school and I just didn't see it. So so the clearance off the line as well, we didn't see this little goal. The clearance off the line was um it was it was fantastic. Paddy Kirk. This was Berkey, I think it was Berkey, yeah, it was a yeah. it was a lovely little ball in and it was like a it wasn't a dink, it was a bit of a chip with pace, had a bit of pace on it. It was going top corner. Unbelievable yeah, great, clearance. Great last let's, dish let's, clearance. let's call it yeah, Spade a Spade it was here. Superb. Like, um, like, I mean, this that, was... And that wasn't too long before the second goal, was it? That, that clearance. Oh, yeah. It was It was, uh, It was. was near enough to it, yeah. So, we're, we're on, we're on like, I mean, then fantastic bit of play in the middle of the park. Nice little exchange. 1-2. Finn breaks. Boy there, fullback. Absolutely gorgeous ball in. And Greener is there to bat home that ball. His eighth goal in ten games. Eight goal in ten games. Greener is doing it. And we send us into fucking delirium, prof. I'm talking. I, 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 I said it. I said, fuck it. It was better than sex. I don't care. <laughs> it was. I'm sorry. It was. At that, at that stage, I was like, yeah, I take this over that any day. It was unbelievable. And... Q bunch of little tow rags trying to trying to come at us and the they didn't want no, they didn't want they didn't want no smoke either they they just standing there gesturing. How good was Finn for this goal? No man, just how good pinpoint the, cross. The work rate and some people were concerned, you know, from a defensive point of view because he was on a yellow card at the time. Fell beside me. Another way, you just sometimes you don't even know the guy beside you. You end up yeah. chatting to him, so you're just commentating on the game briefly in between yourselves. And we were saying it to ourselves: he has to go. He has to get taken off. He's yeah. is a yellow card away. Like he's really close to getting the fucking the hook here. But and he was the brilliant. Next thing he just initiates this brilliant move down the right hand side. Oh man, it was great because he was getting dogs abuse as well. He was getting bottles and coins and all sorts thrown at him, and it was just lovely to see, you know. And it justifies Finn's kind of position in the middle of the park, <coughs> in the middle of the park as well, because we are struggling at right full, and I I don't like seeing Finn being played out of position. And sometimes we are a better team with him in the in the. In the a better team with him in the in the team, do you get me? Mm. So, Aaron Green did not stop running. This guy, his cardio is on the next level. I started to have sympathy for the back four bows. I was like, imagine <laughs> this bleeding tank running at he you. He ran the channels. Minutes. He dragged them left, right, and centre. Ragdolls by these centre halves. I loved his his hold up play. It was even. It was a little bit more dynamic this time as well because it wasn't central. He was running out wide. He was holding it up. Bork, he was supporting him and then Jack was the support man for Bork and then we'd work it back in that way. It was just brilliant. It was really good to see. Really good to see. I'm just... The atmosphere, Prof, it just was insane. And like I said, they they was, tried to get the game called off. The scenes after the final whistle, of I've never felt that way. Even after winning the league, it was just something about beating Bowles. Beating your rival in a massive, massive game, it was just something different. It was something different. I think people said it was the best atmosphere in years at Day Mount. It really was, uh, and it was a collective decision as well from everybody. As part of the march as well, we all came together and said we're not going to stand outside the, the shed. We all packed in and it sounded brilliant. Yeah. Reverberated all around the stand. Although, Garrett, was it that good really? Because I think I'd rather be at the rugby in Japan singing Shoes Off for the Japanese. <sighs> Did you see that? A bit of sick came up my neck when I was watching Seriously, you just lost the Japanese, and you're singing about them. Anyone can get it, season. That's what I say. Anyone can get it. Well, a common, um, 
comment I noticed from people who watched the game back was we were actually a lot more comfortable than you realise when we you were live at the game. Extremely comfortable. It was just the the whole occasion got to us as fans and members and people who are closely involved with the club. The occasion got to us on the telly. We weren't letting in goals at all. Grace Pico were phenomenal. Joey just brings this. He oozes class and professionalism and cigar just knows cigar in the slippers. The slippers just knows how to play in these big games. Cavo, Cavo is fast becoming my, one of my favorite players in this team. We just we knocked it out of the park. We knocked the bollocks out of balls. It was brilliant. It was such a good performance. You cannot fault one player. I actually surprised Gary O'Neill got man the match. He was really good. Grace all day for me. Grace was just absolutely stunning. I know we had a lot of in green. That's harsh on green. Because Green was brilliant, Bork was brilliant. I just, I, I'd be more tilted towards centre halves, but I just felt that, like, at one stage, they had a little bit, a one nil. They were just kind of getting on top of us slightly, and did then Grace won everything. Did everything. Did actually get a chance in the game? Though? No, name uh, a save, keywords, uh, free kick down low, and it was easy. Gobbled it up, man. It's did. Yeah. Gobbled it up like a big spoonful of peanut butter. But uh, we mentioned the scenes afterwards. A lot of people jumped up on, you know, the barrier. Ah, I nearly suplexed Borky over the rails. <laughs> Literally, I had to push him. I sacrificed myself because I was pulling him. I was like, oh, I forgot there's actually a six-foot drop here. Pulling him and then I let him go so he wouldn't <laughs> yeah. come over with me. Yeah, I know. It's happened to a few people. Uh, Ozzy Nate wished the crap to crotch of his pants. <laughs> what did he say? His burst his britches. <laughs> oh, my God. This was hilarious. <laughs> He defied gravity that night. Do you know that? There's a video of him and his hands, somehow legs are up and it makes absolutely no sense. It's like he's a puppet on a string being pulled up. I'm looking at him going, that that doesn't make sense. That, that like gra- Gravity shouldn't allow that. <laughs> they used to put tar on that thing, didn't they? Yeah, not, little or none on it now. I was happy yeah. enough with that. Yeah, a few, bit, a little bit on the hands and that. But I was telling one of the lads about, remember the 4-0 win in 2016? Yeah, yeah. And... Uh, I was just celebrating that goal by Gavin Brennan. Best thing he ever did by far. That screamer from like 25 yards. I'm just in the middle of celebrating the goal. I'm down like kind of separated on my own. Because mm. I'm just jumping around or whatever. And next thing like one of the guards just swings a baton down at me. And I'm like how, how treading to you am I right now? Yeah. Like I'm all the way down here. I'm celebrating the goal. It's shooting fish in a barrel wasn't it? It really yeah. was. I remember it well. I got a wallop in the back. And well, a someone did run the pitch, but yeah, maybe focusing them. <laughs> the fellas yeah. were celebrating on the ground. Oh, what's, what's the big lad? I can't remember his Connor name. Connor Barry. Yeah, he got hit in the head. Uh, he, he just goes, what? What? Yeah. <laughs> like, what was it's that? like, hey. Yeah, so the scene, like I said, it was probably it was just... It's just... Uh, delirium. And, and then we had, of course... The moment of the day, night, week. Highlight of the season. Highlight of the season, of the possibly. Decade. Aaron Green cementing his status in Rovers history, I'd say. And he hoisted the green jersey up on the corner flag. And the place went nuts, prof. Place went insane. People yeah. were were foaming at the mouth. They're just like... Rah, rah. Just took it to my veins! Oh, it was unbelievable. Yeah. How long has he mind to do that? You love to see it. Oh, you love to see it. Things yeah. I love to see. Aaron Green hoisting red or green jerseys. How much has Green are bought into this club? He really has. He just gets it. He gets it, yeah. He seems to just get it. And considering he was slightly a journeyman, let's be honest, he just seems to get it. And he's matured now as well. So it's it's fantastic to see. It really is. 
and there's another contract coming his way. We know it. We know it. And it's a and how is that with new players as well? They buy into it very quickly. The first player over to us after the final whistle was Gary O'Neill. Yep, straight over. Good Kerry man. Um, yep. Everyone was doing. How how vocal was Jacko? How emotional was that? They came right up to us. Yeah, and they were screaming with being joy. Finna came up with the locks and nearly gave him a wear. <laughs> no, don't do that, Gary. It's television. <laughs> but some emotional moments. It really was. It was. Um, apparently, we've no hard prof. Is that right, Talbot? Hmm. Officially celebrating our first blockage on on Twitter as well. Uh, yeah. Talbot blocked us. No, Lambert was the first one who blocked us for no reason whatsoever. By the way, we weren't being rude, we weren't being vicious, we weren't spouting vitriol or anything like that. We just questioned him politely, and he blocked us. And then obviously Talbot blocked us because I put up a picture of him concealing. <laughs> well, Lambert went on a blocking rampage after this game. Everybody did. We had a count. Yeah. We had a count. I don't know who won the pool, but he blocked. <laughs> he blocked at least twenty. Like Talbot, though, what goes around comes around. That is the epitome of karma if you believe in it but it's the epitome of karma it really is everything he said came back to haunt him he even got stunned by UCD because I know for a fact I heard that those comments motivated UCD it was brought up in the dressing room when they beat balls lovely there you go and then you have I mean I mean cue scenes of of balls literally physically harming each other in the stand <laughs> that, did you see the video of them killing each other no I didn't some little fella in a hat and he's like they're walking all over you they're walking all over you <laughs> they were killing each other at one stage one of them ran on and got claimed by, by a steward and then another fella runs up and kicks him in the head kicks the Vosa in the head so they're killing each other understand you love to see it you love to see it Remember Brad's used to be accused of writing the opposition team talk? Yeah. For them, how many times has this sap t- Talbot oh, man. put his foot in his mouth? Swally in his foot. Swally. Get them toes in. Also, I wonder what Joey said to him after Green's oh, goal. Oh, that was brilliant. I said yeah. I'd text you straight away. I said, get on to Joey. Yeah. Please, because he was running by him and like, yeah. Lambert swung a slap at him, but Joey he turned his head. It's like he just went, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know what he said, but he yeah. said something. I'd say, do you know what I'd like to think he said? No heart, what? Yeah. I hope that's what he said. This whole day, from start to finish, could not have gone any better. No. Couldn't. It actually couldn't. Actually, I'll tell you, I don't even know if I should, if I should say this. Because the day started horrendously for me. Right? I'll say this, right? You're not actually going to say this. I'll say you? it. I'll, I'll, I'll mask it. So, okay. leaving the house, had an accident. Had go back in. That that's masking. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that's very vague. Right, so had to had to go back in. Came back out. Run into the bus stop. Right, got into the awful. First things first. Quick little can sank down my eight percent. Get the little get the little uh, the layer going in the stomach. So I'm standing there. Fill my pockets. That's me. Put my pockets. No tickets. Right, bus is due. And they're going oh, for fuck's sake. So I'm running. I'm running. Straight in. Found them. They're on the bed. So I decided to take a shortcut through the field, right? So I'm running through the field and I slipped and I went literally sideways but managed to do a knee and defy gravity and land on my feet again. So I'm up in the air, landed on it, jumped over the wall and literally had to stop the bus by waving in front of it like a madman. He's like, don't go, don't go. And I'm sitting on the bus 
and I had the can in my hand and I was just like I'm going to get hammered <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah no it, it ended up being a, f- a f- cracker of a day it's quite a story you should have gone to Late Late Show <laughs> yeah but um, there was there's so much like there's so much to talk about um, great picture of uh, your man and on his honker at the corner flag and he sang you you did it yourself at him a few times in the night and yeah. referring to vandalism of the shop in the previous night there's no proof that Robert Sines did this you know that that's mm. the thing you can say it was the one all you want but there is no proof that Robert Sines went out and physically did this someone could have wrote SRFC someone could have, someone, anyone could have done that so for him to say that uh, it was Robert Sines you can't do that you don't know what I found very cringy was the, the implication that it was some sort of attack against the repeal poster repeal the not age. a chance not no. a chance. So it's a cheap shot. Fair yeah. enough, his, his cafe was vandalised. That's, I feel sorry for the guy, but there's no proof it was Robert fans. You cannot prove that whatsoever. Unless he has a CCTV and he pinpoints them, and then he has they have some sort of allegiance to Rovers, which isn't the case. So I'd like if he, was, if he proves it. You know, very, and unblock us, Lambert, to enjoy our, our interactions. It was a very, very, very small part of the evening. Like maybe less than 1%, but it was part of it. You know, it was everything. It was that the night before. It was the march. It was everything. Everything just had a little role to play. Yeah. It was and crazy. And it built and built and built. And then boom. But Gare, they sung right to the end though. Yeah. Are they out? That They sung the loudest. They sung the old triangle. But you know what? Well, we'll be in the Aviva. They can just sit in the bar in Daily Mountain. They can sing their choir Which songs. Which they've never seen the inside of. They'll, they'll, <laughs> they'll sing as loud as they can. <laughs> Because they sing the loudest in the land. And that's what matters to them. And Gar, win or lose, they're still original. 100%, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that they'll, uh, do you know what? They'll be happy in their sitting rooms now and they're thinking, well, do you know what? Who cares about the Aviva? We're original. I have no fucking idea what that means. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I go bollocks, we're going to Aviva. Oh, man. Yes, so Karen Connolly, uh, one of our patrons on the bus, Kaz says, a fucking shit show at Daily Mount last night, Head Stewart forgot to box off a female port loo, as per FAI regulations, eventually allowed us to use the toilet in the main stand, and we were spat at, verbally abused, and coins thrown at us, and that is the people's club, so that's uh, what, you're, what you're dealing with, and that is officially what happened, because there's plenty of witnesses, and there was a couple of girls, and obviously the lads and the dads went with them, and they were abused, spat at, coins everything thrown coffee the whole lot and this is from the people and the original people from the Bowles fans you know so that's what you're dealing with and Lambert aka Rodney from Only Fools and Horses if he wants to put his hand out to be slapped and be as vocal and visual as he is being a director of a board of a football club he is going to get his hand slapped let's be honest I mean can you name anybody that puts their face out there like that not really. You I mean, put it out there. It's you. you, you got to expect karma and swings around about. You know that's that's a couple it. of chairmen. I suppose they they pop their head out now and then. But this is no one's as vocal as him. I can't think of anyone. Oh, so Gar Brennan, one of our bogies. He said a read through the match thread on the Bowes forum is glorious. A huge expectation in pages one to four, and then they all turn on each other from page five onwards. So yeah, it was a bit of crack, wasn't it? It's happened again. <laughs> Oh, so watching it back on TV, Prof, it's probably the... It's just such a weekend up, doesn't it? Because you know, like, I think Maloney put up a good post on the chat and he said, yeah, your Saturday was just lost on you between checking Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and watching the match and a couple of beers here and then thinking about it and then talking to friends on WhatsApp. It just, the Saturday was gone, just reminiscing about the night before. It was, hmm. it was a well well spent. 
Yeah, I opened up RTE player and Peter Collins says, Tonight, it's winner takes all. In a game that could have ended in a draw. <laughs> a bit of replay. <laughs> well done. Uh, yeah. Well done. Uh, what the hell? <laughs> trying to do his impression. <laughs> Fucking Roma. The pundits were pouring on the pressure. Yeah. Richie sadly. Uh, he does that though purposely because he had a good exchange with James. James Lowe, one of our bogeys. He got exchange with him online and uh, mm. he's just got. He's just. He's doing that on purpose. You there know? was a lot of comments that you know we don't win the big games. Mm. There was a lot of implied remarks about that. Um. Yeah, nothing in commentary. Do you, you ever get the feeling sometimes that, you know, Brazzer has now achieved more than he did because Brazzer has finished in the top two and reached an FBI Cup final. Neither wish nothing could do. Yeah, true, true. But, like, when you think about it, like, we still haven't won silverware, but it's a, it is, it was a build. It was a build from the ground mm. up, you could say, and he had to tear it down first as well. None, none of that mm. was his you know he's finally got the mould on his team the way they want to play we don't want to jump ahead and jump the gun here but we've a big day out and all that but next season's huge sometimes I just have to take Nutsi with a pinch of salt because he is Brad's predecessor yeah and he is bitter about us as well and he's not a Rollers fan let's be honest he might have an affiliation but there's a difference between that oh, no, he, he grew up in a Rollers family he went to Milton yeah but nowadays it doesn't seem like that it seems like he's a little bit bitter towards us I'm sure he'll tell you that Brazo has got much bigger financial backing than he did. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> but um, what else? We Pajo Prof. I just I didn't even watch the telly. I go out on Saturday. I just watched Pajo troll people on Twitter. Some of the funniest things ever. Unbelievable. He's just butchering people left, right, and centre. Oh, he was on fire. Wasn't he was he? on fire. Um, what have we got? Yeah, El Cornwall gave an all earful. Oh, yeah, I was dying I like, for this. I like that one. Ah, uh, <laughs> football loves you now, Carmel. Ah, uh, absolutely loved it. Every, oh, don't forget. Oh, don't forget these things when you can't. Who was it again? Someone liked someone of our. Was it one of our younger players liked that post? Yeah, it was. I think it was Sam Bond at the time. Uh probably Danny Carr, maybe. Somebody, somebody doing it. Was that, it doing that tick? Yeah, yeah. Well, probably one of them. So. Either way, I mean, you you gotta be you gotta be careful what you do. Uh, yeah, so we have the probably the moment of the week, <laughs> the main man, the I'm trying to think of something involving an animal, Doctor Doolittle, <laughs> Doctor Doolittle himself as uh, Ryan Usher. He went viral, and uh, this just sums him up for me. We'll get on to the other thing, the Tifty's prank in a minute, but this sums him up. He, there was there was a he had like a a timeline, so he was filming himself going going down like the road. He's like, oh, what the fuck are getting out of this when? And he filmed himself actually getting the taxi. <laughs> so he documented the whole thing. So like, yeah, down to Fisbury, and your man goes, Fisbury, and then he ends up going talking about the whole thing, going yeah, fuck the web, fuck. So we got a whole run through of him getting the Daily Mount, <laughs> and then he went viral because the photo was a great photo of him, arms out, singing Rover songs, the glasses on, yeah. decked out in the suit, fantastic stuff. Sunglasses on at night. Yeah. Two hundred and twenty euro return fare, which uh, Jack Byrne got in touch. You say he'll pay half. Of it. Yeah, pay half. Mm. Bit uh, stingy. <laughs> <laughs> So this ended up going viral. It's like me offering you a tune going, now here, here's half. Do you want a sweet? <laughs> I'll take half. 
As you said, this went viral. This was on 104 FM. It was all over the radio. It was all over the papers. You should have told the son to fuck off, though. Yeah, yeah, I took the money. I think they took the yeah. money and ran. But what I will say is that I was sitting here thinking about it, right? And I just thought to myself, he is doing interview after interview after interview. And I'm thinking, he'll believe that at this stage. <laughs> so I'm sitting there thinking, I, I can get him. So I got on to Big B, Big Barney. Uh, big get well soon to him. Barney was in the hospital there the other night, so I think he's okay. Yeah, get well soon, Barney. I think two weeks of drinking vodka in, in Italy might, might have had an effect on him. But um, So I'm sitting there, and I'm at home. Had about an hour to spare, and I thought to myself, I'm going to get him. Definitely. So I got my daughter's phone. And I thought, right, I'm going to come up with something absolutely stupid. I said, we're going to Barney. I said, Barney, I'm thinking of doing soccer AM. He said, do it late, late. It'll be, it'll, be much, it'll be much more believable. So I was asking you this off air. Like, How much of this did you think up on the fly? I thought the name beforehand. That's the only thing I thought of. Which, what's most convincing? I'm really impressed that you came up with this animals thing on the fly. <laughs> I was sitting there How thinking. you think Because Rosie, the dog, little puppy was sitting on my lap, right? And I'm thinking to myself... What can be funny? Like, what's going to be funny here? And I was thinking, right, I'm going to have to make the phone call believable because if I just invite him on, I don't think it'll work. So I roped him into it and thinking we're doing a sound check. And then as I was doing that, I was thinking, what am I going to do? I, was just, I thought back to the impressions about Homer doing the Jamaican one and that. And I thought to myself, I'm going to get him to do something. So I just named out a couple of animals. And he, <laughs> do you hear? Did you doing the goat? That was a sheep. Actually. Oh, is this yeah? <laughs> oh, that was a sheep. But now we love Usher, and he's a great. Other than wanting to fight me, he's a great sport. And um, so that, that that clip that went on online now, Jesus, it's gone everywhere at this stage. But that that was actually a shortened version because I I wanted to get it to fit on Twitter. So we're gonna play the full clip now. Yep. Yeah. So, so Usher um, actually tells his story as well, and you hear a bit at the end as well. So even if you heard this already. There's still some bits that you haven't heard yet, so so worth listening back to. Plus, after this, we're going to hear uh, them talking about it on FM 104, where they actually played this prank call, and they talked about it, which is brilliant. So so they got wind of it, and they thought, this is this is top class. So you're going to hear Usher Force, the original, and then you're going to hear FM 104 talking about it. And uh, here we go. Hello? Hi, can I speak to Ryan Usher? Yeah, Ryan, this is Dermot Callahan from RTE. I'm on the Late Late Show, the casting director. Would you Would you have a minute? How are you? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. How are you? Yeah, no, I just I got your number off the guys in the Sun, and I just read your story. I thought it was fantastic. Would Would you be interested in coming yeah. into us on Friday? Sorry. Would you be interested in coming into us on Friday? Yeah, we're um, we're on the Stillorgan Road there in RTE Studios. Now, now I'll just make it aware to twist your arm a little bit. We we have a four hundred euro fee, and you can bring two guests, and there's a complimentary bar. So if you've ever been to like the winning streak or anything, it's it's a free bar. So your friends can come no in, way. and and it, yeah, I know it's it's the way we rope them in, you know. <laughs> of course, yeah. But even so, yeah, we could cool, yeah. we could we could do like even just a slight little. Um, interview now if if just to tell us how how it came about i mean i saw you on on the tv and i saw him on all the papers i thought it was crazy so he, g- yeah. give us a quick rundown of how it happened yeah so basically just um as you know rollers play balls in the cup but it was if we got them in the semi-finals but the draw was made like a week and a half before the wedding and 
I was due to go. I knew about the weather for a year. Yeah. But then obviously when the game, the game came out, we was like, I was trying to get out, we couldn't get out with the wind. The girlfriend was like, you have to go. They're just, it's only one match I'm missing, but they don't really understand. No, they don't seem but, to uh, do they? No, they don't. <laughs> they haven't a clue. But uh, so we literally had a starter at the dinner, and it was like twenty past seven. So I was like, it was like half seven. I was like, I'm just going to put the room and watch this match. And she was like, ah, right, yeah, because now we're going to watch it. But we legged into a taxi instead. Didn't even tell her. Oh, my God. And uh, just bailed, yeah. Got the daily with them for just after that second half. So tell me, like, if if we were going to do like a quick montage of like some photographs where we'd put them on the screen and we we do like an audio. So I mean, it, the audio yeah. seems okay now, but what we do now normally is we go off air now in a minute or two, and we'll just have like a sound check. Now, the best way to get the octaves for the sound check is it's more noises more than more than audio. So I if I'm gonna call out names of a couple of animals, and if you could just kind of make the noise. The, <laughs> Uh, it's, it sounds it sounds crazy. Listen, I know n- nobody seems to believe yeah, me, but yeah. it, it sounds crazy. So <laughs> just let me stop the recording. Hold on. Yeah. All right now now I'm just going to call it a couple. Just it because when you record your your larynx, it kind of just it, it it contrasts and it just makes the noise sound a lot better. So I'm going to call it a couple of animals and just just do the noise for me if you can. Hold on. Yeah yeah. Okay, go. it's um cat. Meow. <laughs> Dog. Uh, chicken? Chicken, eh. Yeah. That was the chicken. Ah! <laughs> a, a goat? Yep. Yeah. A tiger? <laughs> and, and a fox. Fox? I always throw in the fox at the end just to trick them. No, but listen, all your levels sound fantastic. And listen, I'm going to get back to you. And do you reckon you'll be able to join us on Friday? Uh, yeah, it depends on the time because I'm actually living in Galway at the moment as well. Right, right, right. Well, listen, normally we get in just about six o'clock, but I'll, I'll log you in and I'll get back to you with all the details, all right? Excellent. All right, I'll get back to you with all the details, buddy. I'll see you soon, Ryan. Yeah, Bye. Bye. Cheers. Bye, bye, bye. Exploded over the weekend. It's in the papers. In the papers on Monday as well. Got him on, had a quick chat with him, but he told me on Monday that there is <laughs> there's a Shamrock Rovers podcast, right, that rang him up literally five minutes before he was on air on, on FM104 and said, uh, would you like to come on to the Late Late Show this Friday? Oh, God, that's pretty big, isn't it? Pretty big, only it wasn't a producer from the Late Late Show. It was uh, Carl Riley and Gary Parsons, who are two messers, but they host the Tales from the East Stand podcast, which is a Shamrock Rovers fan podcast. Very, very popular, lads. Well done. So they rang Ryan literally five minutes before and were like, hey, do you want to come on to the Late Late Show? Oh, I love this. And they pranked him pretty badly. And I asked them, could we play out the audio this evening on the show? And they said, yes, we could. So what they tried to do, or what they did do successfully is convince Ryan that he was going on the Late Late Show for a couple of hundred quid and a free bar. And then because, like all, you know, uh, all good producers that they are, they had to make sure his audio levels were fine and they strung him along into making <laughs> animal noises on the air. No, they didn't. <laughs> I haven't heard this. <laughs> I haven't heard it, right? So thank you. Carl Riley and Gary Parsons for doing this. This is a, a beautiful piece of magic. And again, commiserations, Ryan, but listen, it's a bit of crack. I hope you don't mind me playing this now. But again, it's from the Tales from the East End Shamrock Rovers podcast. If you're a Rovers fan, do, do, do check it out. 
and uh, let's have a little listen to their phone call. This is the lads calling Ryan Usher trying to get him onto the Late Late Show. So that's the conversation. Oh, Unfortunately, yeah, the recording didn't it didn't um, it didn't get the recording when they told him he was he was being pranked. But I just thought that was absolutely magic. Well done, Carl Riley, well done, Gary Parsons, and, and Ryan. <laughs> oh, I could die. Imagine that recording. Like, I mean, really. I love the name there. He started with the German yeah, yeah. Callahan. That's oh, a good yeah. orgy name. That's a good. Uh, I'm related to another producer in Orgy Late Late Show, and I got him on the 400 euro fee at a free bar, and Ryan was straight in there going, oh, oh, no, no. That's tragic. Yeah, oh, so, poor guy. Yeah, so uh, he, at least he knows what a cat and a chicken doesn't really know what a goat sounds or like. Or a fox. <laughs> What's the fox name like? We don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah, someone ask, uh, do you have Siri on your phone? I don't have my phone here. Oh, sorry, yeah. No. Uh, ask Siri what the fox says and you'll be finding that out. But anyway, if you want to, I'm sure they're going to include on the latest episode of the Tales from the East End podcast. Again, Kyle Riley, Gary Parsons, fair play to you on doing that. And uh, well done, Ryan Usher. Oh, that's awful. I actually can't believe that they're coming. I think it was really what it got done. It was too posh. Yeah, yeah Dermot was a little, uh, a little bit too posh there. You know, so, ah, it's amazing. But, oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, well, it made me happy anyway. Do you know what would be really bad? If that's how the Late Late Show actually does test for their callers, make and do the animal test, and they're like, oh, we can't, can't, can't vet any of our callers anymore. So yeah, listen, thought that, thought that was funny. Yeah, so big thanks to FM 104 and the guys, and they, they I couldn't believe it. It's it hilarious. Of us. They plugged the hell out of us, like yeah. they really did. So big thanks to them, guys. The lads, the lads were slagging me last night. It was like, oh, Gary Parsons podcast. <laughs> the Gary Parsons podcast. No like shit band. No mention of me. And then he says my name leading five times. But uh, like what I will say is that like F one are really great, you know, and they want to send some stuff. Mm-hmm. You can just contact us or you know give us some money maybe. Gary, I can only handle. <laughs> I can only handle going viral once a week. This is too much. I can't deal with these amount of likes. First my tweet. Now this. How do you think I feel? My bodyguards out there in the rain waiting on me while I'm doing this. Yeah, so that was Usher. And like I said, uh, he's on our bus. So if anybody wants an autograph, he's on our bus on Saturday. We're leaving the Abbo at half three after the members meeting. <laughs> I literally just got a text there when the lad's saying the octaves <laughs> <laughs> larynx oh larynx uh, so yeah Usher is on our bus with a gang of lads and it's going to be a great trip so if you want to come get an autograph and hear some sheep impressions let us know uh, we'll move on Dundalk they won 1-0 in Sligo in the other semi-final with the inevitable late goal by Duffy and like he said he shanked it good finish I top mm. but um, it was happening it was going to happen all the time I was watching it at home and I said they're going to score oh yeah no matter what Oh, we, we all knew it was coming. Yeah. See that picture of the away end? Not the most attractive photo. Do you know what I, what I will say about it? It seemed... Fa- Does it make sense to say it, makes, it, make, it seemed like fake emotion? It's like someone said, right now, everybody, here comes a photograph. Look happy. And they all just went, yeah. I know what you mean. But yeah, it just... Ugh. They have to return 200 of their tickets. There's no excuse for that. We were... Battering each other, not battering each other, we're not balls. We were like scouring the earth for tickets. Scouring the earth, waiting outside. I waited out till kickoff just to get make sure everybody else got tickets. Ray Whelan is a big shout out to Ray Whelan, by the way. This fella goes above and beyond and the rest for hours. It's actually hard to believe what he does. He's one of the, he's one of the reason, he's one of my most, I think he's up there with Barney for my favourite Rovers person. It's just, just a selfless individual who goes above and beyond. Every single time I talk to the guy, 
he's doing something regarding Rovers or it's just a, a good deed. So a big shout out to Ray and of course, it's fantastic meatballs. But uh, yeah, that is it and we are going to be playing them in the Aviva on the Tord. Um, Might be a bit of a mad statement, but it could have potentially been a higher attendance if we had played Sligo. Because that town just empties. I will say that about Sligo. It's a good football town. And I used to not really like going down to it. There was something about it. But as as the years kind of went on. And you kind of mature as you get older. It's a great little football town. They buy into it. It's not gar, it's not gar heavy and gar rich. They do buy into it. You go into some of the bars. They've got Sligo Rover stuff up. So it's it's a good town for football. That's that's what I will say. Well I will, I will add something to that. Uh more neutrals will go to this game because it's Dundalk because they're going for yeah. the treble we're going for our first cup in and they're a good team as well they're a good football team so it will be a higher tensile when we Sligo but I'm saying like purely Sligo fans I reckon more of them would have gone to this final than Dundalk ah they would have emptied the town yeah they yeah. have the big smoke for the day <laughs> Um, yeah so that that's pretty much it uh, for that but we've got underage news now Prof, I think that's it have we got everything I think I, no, do we have to stop talking about the balls game? Uh, should we just read it out again? We'll go again. We'll just do a double. Yeah, okay. So, underage news. The 19s travelled to Finn Harps for their league quarter-final on Saturday, which is going to be a very, very tough game. Hit Finn Harps to do some good things underage. Uh, 17s beat Carlo Kilkenny 2-1 in their final game of the regular season, and they face Shelbourne in the league quarter-finals on Saturday. That's half seven at Roadstone. We've got Desi Bakers under 15s. They beat Dundalk 6-1. Spanked them. The Roadstone in their league semi-final. And the final is next week against either Pats or Bowes. So hopefully Bowes and we can put them to the sword as well. And the 13th semi-final with Pats at Richmond Park. That actually had to be abandoned after a young Robert Land suffered a terrible injury. Awful injury. So uh, yeah. hopefully he gets get well soon to the young man. And he recuperates and is back playing in no time. Hopefully. Um, both the 15s and the 13s are playing Derry at home in the end of season cup competition there is four groups of three teams and the two top two from each will qualify for the quarter so that's going to be an interesting one as well and we've two international call-ups prof two not one but two and Jack Bourne's in the Ireland squad again and Pico Lopez receives his first call-up for the Cape Verde Islands who um, it's, it's very interesting they're playing against Togo and Congo so DR Congo that's like uh, we spoke to him about this a year ago maybe and we said, yeah, have you ever thought about it? And he goes, no, never. No, he said... He, had, he could easily be bought, bro. He had thought about it, because... Who was the lad who got called up to, to, to Tunisia? Uh, Ayman Ben Mohammed. Yeah, he said that when he... I think he's playing for Esperance now. He said that when he got called up, he actually got onto his dad, Pico did. And I was like, any chance that? Sort this out, Yeah. Like, yeah, I'll ring Jono in the office there. <laughs> here, call him up. But that's the thing. He like if you look at him now with the season Pico's had, he's been fucking phenomenal this season. He goes up and gets a cap. He's in the window. We could lose Pico, so that's that's a real threat as well. I'm delighted for him. Yeah, brilliant, 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 brilliant season. Brilliant season. He's scored goals as well. You cannot fault him. He's up there for player of the year. He's played forty two competitive games, and mm. the only one he's had no involvement in was the Leinster Senior Cup. Yeah. He started every other game except for balls away in February. He came off the bench in that one. So, Prof, tell me this. Quarter past 11 on Saturday night. Probably sitting down, pizza, movie. Could be out having a couple of drinks with friends. Well, this Where, Saturday I'll be on my way home from Sligo. Whereas, last Saturday, the FEI oh. were putting out a statement. At that time, that John Delaney was on it. Oh, last 11, Saturday. At half 11 at night. What the fuck <laughs> is going on? 
I was only probably eight or nine can of Pratsky. And you have this this statement coming out. I'm looking at it going, no, it's a prank. Uh, well, my first thought was, I think that ill-fated appearance of the four provinces, that was the death now. Pro- probably the death blow, yeah. And I think yeah. being the litigious type that he is, we could be getting letters in our door. I'm going to put my address down as here properly. <laughs> Just rip it up if it comes in. Um, yeah, so big, massive, huge news with him resigning. But uh, did you notice the fine print? Pensions and payment packets. I saw the word pensions. Yeah, so he's going to get the golden handshake. The golden rattle. There you go. There you go, me old mate. But we'll move on to a well-deserved second. Two in a row, Prof. When's the last person that got two in a row? Uh, A club player of the month is only a relatively new thing, isn't it? Yeah. So Aaron Green won the club player of the month for uh, the second time. And uh, well-deserved. He's had eight goals in ten games. And an array of finishes. You have the left-footed stroke. Into the bottom of the net in Waterford. Yeah. You had uh, two tap-ins coming at my pace, which he had to control and get in. And tap-in doesn't justify that goal. Tap-in goal. Is, is harsh. Tap-in's that, harsh. That goal, goal had to be controlled. Yeah. Greener is... Um, he scored a array of strikers' goals. Yeah. I'm and, really and the right foot out on Dundalk, the kind of lob-ish one, a, a, a controlled mm. finish. So we're looking at yeah. possibly... Goal or two on, on, on Saturday, you could be, you know, player to see. I could be, could be up for player of the season. He could get the golden boo. And uh, that's not even without penos. So, big shout out to Greener. The um, the Kilimana... Trying to think of a buzzword here. The Kilimana... Killer? Go, hey, there we go. The Kilimana Killer. There's probably actually someone out there sounds, who, is, who is a Kilimana Killer. It sounds like it's related to gang shootings. Yeah. Let's avoid that. Or some serial killer. Yeah. So, that is it. For Greener and fantastic month for him, fantastic two months. So we're gonna move on to Quifty's prof. Heavyweight bash. We have Pico and we have McAniff in the semi. And uh I've been telling people that he's going in to play Joey already. I'm right and eating off. I said Joey's the final. Joey's gonna <laughs> Joey's gonna bang this one. So uh it's Pico and McAniff. Okay, so we're at the Roadstone and uh, it's the questions from the East Dad semi finals and we have Pico Lopez and Aaron McAniff. Aaron, you're the only survivor left from the qualifying round, you've come a long way and Pico we promise no dodgy questions this time, very skeptical the last time of us. So tr- rightfully so as well. Yeah. And uh, we have the trophy here so we're gonna show you just what's at stake. And uh, you're fighting for a place to final against either Eden Boyle or Joey O'Brien and I've given it to Joey already. Boris the bullet dodger you might as well call him, he's made a steal that fella. So, a quick reminder of the rules. Five points wins, and we'll go back and forth between football and general knowledge, and you'll circle the one you want, and we'll read it out. So, uh, we have to take your first answer. Steals are allowed except for multiple choice, as usual, to determine who goes first. We both gave you this question, and you have to write down your answer, so whoever is closest wins. How many goals have we scored all season in all competitions? This is a tough one. I, I went for 70 myself in my head now. What did you say, Pete? I said 62. Oh, we're close, Maka. Yeah, Pico said 62. I had 73 first. And then and you changed your mind. Changed to 74. If you had stuck with 73, you would have won. Because yeah. the answer was... Oh, you still win. Yeah. 71, yeah. You would have been closer. So the polls currently have Pico streaking ahead 75% in the prediction on Instagram. So you're going to have to come from behind here. Aaron. I think it would be tight on that now, to be honest. So, Aaron, do you want football or general knowledge first? Uh, general knowledge. So, let me get started here. Oh, my God. So, um, Surprise at that one. I would have went for 
football. So go ahead, circle one there, and we'll we'll call her out there. Uh, Aaron. He's going for number four. So number four for general knowledge. Who is older, Donald Trump or Arnold Schwarzenegger? It's like a trick question. This. Can't say that. Um. Schwarzenegger. Yeah, so you can't tell that one. No, Trump, 73. Arnie, 72. What is that, Trump? I thought it was a question. Because, like, you look at both of them, it's like the obvious answer of Trump, isn't it? (laughs) Wait, so general knowledge, isn't it? So, back and forth, yeah, general knowledge of Pigo. Number 10, and what date is Brexit on? Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) 24th of October. Mm, moving on to Aaron. You should know this. Tenth of November. No, it's a spooky one, isn't it? Twenty fourth of October. Is it? Super spooky wookie. So uh football now we have A Mac with the football. Right, number seven. Which league two side knocks scores out of the League Cup and penalties? Um. Oh no! Three seconds. Wait, man. Wait. Great to see you. Today, Kyle. Love to see. Yeah, it's not like you, Kyle. Uh, Roger that. No, it's not. Roger. It's not. Roger. That's the one I was It was beans. Who was it? It's Colchester. I was thinking Rochdale, yeah, yeah but I was... Uh, Pico so confident yeah, there, was he? <laughs> right, uh, football for Pico. Rochdale did get a scab, did they? They got Tottenham. No, they yeah, get they a, they oh no, you know it was one-all. One-all and then they got Right, so you went for seven, football, no, what did you go for on football? Which English Premier League club is still without a win this season? And to you, Aaron? Um. <laughs> you have to do that because he was Brighton? No, it was Wofford. I think the last time we asked that was Wolves as well. Yeah, Wolves, they beat Wofford on the weekend, that's what it was. So, general knowledge now for a Mac. Great standard, isn't it? Great. <laughs> in what sport would you hear this phrase? The bottom of the ninth. Good question. Golf? What do you be go? Baseball. Yes. Back. Finally got bottom of the ninth. Yeah. Ninth at the very end, isn't it? Ninth in yeah. Oh, yeah, the Pico general. Number three. Number three is. These are the lyrics by which female artists Six and stones may break my bones, but chains and whips excite me. It's <laughs> <laughs> a joke! It's <laughs> an absolute joke! The pop, enthusiast. Okay. The pop enthusiast isn't happy here. No Britney Spears questions. Are we on the ground with first and these uh, What are we on now? We are. <laughs> Aaron Football. Aaron Football. Um, there we go. Number five, Football. Who eventually eliminate Apollon Limassol from the Europa League? PSV? Yes. Great show. 
Greatest league in the world and LOI Weekly. Uh, I have Conan Bourne. Yeah. Uh, Jesus. Con. Can I have a second name? Follix. Con. I want to say Con Moore. But I think I'm wrong. No, that's someone else I have. Let's see if get this. Burns the bullet, Dodger. The window. Alright, Aaron. So. Uh, Conan Byrne, Con Murphy, and the other ones, the uh, League League. LA League, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. You have to name them, though. I know. That's a hard part. Is it Kieran Burke one? No, oh, no, Daniel that's McDonald's between the streets. Yeah, they're gone. Daniel McDonald. Uh, McDonald. McDonald. McDonald, yeah. The man that loves us. Yeah. Yeah. Who, who's Johnny Ward? Johnny, Johnny Ward. Johnny Ward. Johnny Ward. Uh, yeah, no, they're gone. Between the stripes. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, if you don't listen to them, yeah, if you're not that yeah. regular, yeah. Well, you want the general knowledge. Yeah, Aaron. It's any Mac. Number nine. Which of these animals is the most populous on planet Earth? Cow, sheep, or domestic dog? So this cannot be stolen. So which animal? Which is the most of? So it's like the most dogs. Yeah, which yeah. cows, sheep, or domestic dogs? Domestic? Yeah, like domestic dogs, regular dogs that in, oh the, yeah. in the house, not wild ones. Right, um. Has to be sheep, doesn't it? Cows? I would say cows, yeah. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot of sheep. What? There's more cows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say you eat more beef than you do lamb, yeah. yeah. Right, so what are we going for? Like, <laughs> yeah, what, what are we looking for? What number? What did you pick, Peter? Seven, seven. Seven general knowledge. We have a koala sleeps for 18 hours each day. How much of his life is spent asleep? In, per- in percentage. It's percentage. So think about it. 18 hours a day. Yeah. What percentage of his life does he sleep? Seventy-five. Yeah, yeah. Was it? Yeah. 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 Ireland or Northern Ireland or is it the same? He's getting all the multiple choice questions, isn't he? Ireland, Northern Ireland or yeah. So this is multiple choice, no? Yeah, 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 it is the question. So yeah, I think it might be the same, but I've stopped the time. We're going to go again. Four seconds. Ireland. I should remember the same. It was the same three times. Now and I've crept up on them recently. Yeah. Like these aren't easy multiple choice fights. <laughs> <laughs> I love how critical he is. Keep playing. He's tired of torn here. Just keep he playing. He's delighted. Well, yeah, I don't know. Well, 
yeah, he just put yeah. Oh, number six football. Six football. Who was recently appointed manager of Gymnasia, bottom of the table in Argentina? Maradona. Yep. Yeah, it certainly is. There's only one answer that. <laughs> 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 Who do they have to get themselves in for with that league? Uh, general knowledge, Aaron, general one more, do you want it? One more, more. Oh, we need to come back here. We need to get this, because if I steal this, man, I'm Number one, what is the capital of Poland? You've got to keep this. Here you go, Aldis. Warsaw. That's it. Yep. Come back, is on 4-2. So, Consolation. it would be. I'm going to say Pico General. Uh, I'll go six, Jenna. Six. This man was described as the most important Irish poet since Yeats. Can you name the man? Seamus Heaney. The ball! Pico! What a fucking answer that is, man. Day out for Pico as well. You got this new one? Day out for Pico. Two days out of the arena. And Tony Blue's final. Cheers, well done. Yeah, we played that. Thanks, Jeremy. 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 Thanks, He's just a legend. I don't know if you picked that picked up in the audio, but we just turned around and then he's banging the window. I was like, I'm going to win anyway. Yeah, he's going to win it anyway. <laughs> and he made sure he was heard. He know. He's just cute with everything. He didn't He didn't say it in a, in a low voice. He knew he had to be picked up on the, on the show. Like, <laughs> he's a gas man. So Pico, uh, uh, Pico knew his leaving started poetry. That won him, the, won him the day. Certainly did. And uh, what did... Uh, McInef should have known because he's from... He's from there, is he? Yeah. So yeah, so we should have known. He didn't know the Brexit date. Yeah, didn't know, none of them did. Super yeah. spooky wooky as well. He was complaining the 50 50 questions were difficult, but he got a lot of them, so. Yeah, he's he, giving out. He was he? given chances. Like. Oh, before I forget, Prof, as well, yeah. we could possibly. We're back with the five aside this year. Ooh. So dust off the boots, start losing the Ned. We're, uh, we're, we're going to hope, nothing's locked in, but we're going to hope for a celebration five aside the week after. The, uh, the cup final so we're looking at the ninth. hopefully we'll lock it in soon or a depressing vibe aside. yeah it could be or we'll just have a piss up in the end anyway either way but it's going to be um, hopefully the week after the final so everybody please keep that and I will put out a post soon enough getting teams in we will have 16 teams we will have the Ray Wilson Cup and we'll see if the uh, Brookview the Brooker boys can defend it from last year Jack Wilson Cup he said Ray Wilson oh jeez <laughs> trying to <laughs> that's not you're going to say that now the Jack Wilson Cup yeah Rest in peace, the late Ray Wilson. Yeah. So uh, that is it, Prof. Give me. Oh, who's left in the competition, actually? Only four people. Sean Keane, is he still there? Because I told him he's off the list of hatred, but I kind of take it back now. <laughs> Only four people have correctly predicted all five matchups since the quarterfinals began. Oh, hit me. So we have Sean Keane. He ah. says Joey will beat Pigo in the final. Paulo Dwyer and Daniel Kyo, they both reckon Pigo will beat Joey in the final. What about fanboy number one? Is he gone? Who's that? Keith Comerford. He is eliminated. He's yeah. gone. Ross Somerville thinks Pigo to beat Boyle in the final. Absolute headbanger. Just here he's gone. Ross, you're gone. Not happening. So that is uh, Ross out of competition. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so Prof, you know what I want. You know what I want now. Hit me. Hit me with the stats. Yeah, I alluded to this earlier. That goal after four minutes by Berkey. That is our fastest goal away to Bowles. 
since that Leinster Senior Cup semi-final tie at Daly Mount Park in February 1998 when we scored after 15 seconds. Woo, who got that one? And it's going to be funny who, who got this one. Jason Colwell. <laughs> the elusive Yeah, Jason Colwell. We, we, we have a show on Sunday. It was going to be him, but unfortunately he couldn't make it. Uh, it's the first time since 2002 that we beat Bowles in the FA Cup semi-final. Uh, only the second time ever that we did a daily mount. Ooh. The other was the first ever FAI Cup campaign in 1922. It's the first time we've reached the FAI Cup final without needing a replay since 1986. Okay. Every other time we needed one. You know when Gary, Gary yawns, that my stats are. <laughs> Rocking. Sorry, that was bad time. Rocking. <laughs> and just a random side, I put this on Twitter. Only the second time ever that there was no replays at all. In any that a, that's the best stat of the week any round of the cup that's an amazing stat only other time is 1932 which we won yeah. and the last time we won the cup we beat them dark in the final <laughs> the almonds care the almonds. they're everywhere the almonds so on to our league uh, stats we are looking for a club record 11th away win of the season we do you remember won. how bad our away record was for a while we only won 7 last year I think so yeah, we did we did ten in two thousand eleven. And let me give you a stat: it'll be Brad's first win in the showgrounds. That was my next stat. Oh, the only top flight ground Bradzer has never won at, and it's the only ground I've never seen us win at. So me and JC Rod yeah. John Connolly were only talking about the two one win when we went up and Twiggy scored the two goals and we ruined the party celebrations for them in the seventeen minute. Fantastic stuff. So hopefully same again. And could uh, just. Uh, Mention something quickly. Uh, I have a couple of pet peeves about stats. Earlier in the season, I had something where I said Trevor Clark was was making his 100th appearance for the club, and around the same time, Ron Finn was making his 200th league appearance. And I only heard this recently. There was a stat, or sorry, there was a podcast talking about that stat, and they used it. And they said Clark 100 games, Ron Finn 200 games. Didn't say the word league. Ah. Uh. You can't just leave out words. <laughs> it's like that fiction book we were talking about last week. Just <laughs> add words, add random new ones. But Finn had played like something like sixty cup games, so it's just it's lazy. It's just be mad. Yeah, stat over here. It's, the word league is boiling. Is important. He's gonna go down into the dungeon and beat the fuck out of <laughs> bodies now. <laughs> Which brings me to my second one. The other day, my dad second got, body or stat. Yeah, oh stat. My dad goes to me, uh, Carol, you like stats, don't you? <laughs> yes, and, I do. <laughs> and I quickly interjected, I said, football stats. Because I get this all the time now where people think I'm good at stats about politics and weather or some shit. <laughs> Fuck off. So, Bro, how many times has Fianna Fáil been in power? Yeah. So he said that, he read that Man United have gone a record seven away games without a win. Ooh. And the first thing I said was, did it say Premier League record? And he said he wasn't sure. You've you got to narrow it down. You got to know because it makes sense. I know this. This is not a new complaint. The Sky Sports brainwashing of people. You know where football only began in 1992. <laughs> yeah, that's that's nothing new. I know that. But my point here is that this was a report at the back of the Evening Herald, and it just said record, record seven away games they'll win. I read that and I thought, there's no way United have never gone longer than that. I bet you it's just a Premier League record. And lo and behold... So I opened up a book and I said, I'll just check the season where they were relegated in the 70s. And I found 13. Mm. So they just... So much time has passed now. 
they just leave out the word Premier League. <laughs> it's just enti- oh, yeah, but it's, it's important because they only mean from 1992. That's for the real statos out there. Yeah. Mm, these fake statos. So I'm sure at least three people out there appreciate this rant. Yeah, I think so. You're definitely going to be, yeah, I think it might go as viral as it did with Frank. <laughs> Lots of likes. So that's, your, that's it for the end of the stats, Prof. That's it. If anybody else can think of a noise we can use when we say stats, so we're going to go, here's the stats. What's the stats sound like? Anybody can think of something, please. Mm. Get in touch with us. Of a new grind my gears segment about stats. Oh, yes. Yeah, um, yeah starting levels and predictions, Prof. So let's go. I'm gonna go. I want no. Do you know what? I'm going full strength again. Same team to play boss. I want to see that again. Same team to play boss. Let's go. Five weeks away from the from the from the, from the cup final. I'd love to see Dean Williams get a go, but no. Let's fucking go on and let's 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 play the same team. Unless we want to wrap Joey and Cotton Wool for the final. Joey and Cotton Wool possibly, yeah. But I don't. No. Do you know what? I'll take Joey out because yeah, Joey's gone. Put Eden in. Stick Eden in. All, all that matters is the cup final now. Just played nine days. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> that, that escalated quickly. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not, I'm skipped this one this week. I want to. I want to see us beat them up there. I want to see Brad's get sports from the showgrounds. I don't want any injuries. Um, I'd love to see a couple of young guys. I'd love to see a little. I'm gonna start a little. Start a little up top. Uh, I'd love to see Dean Williams, but he's not. He's not there. He's not available. Um, Manison goal. I'll go. Uh, I feel sorry for Brando because I suppose the team is so settled now you can understand why we've not seen him yeah. but he's such a really talented yeah. kid who else have we played I put Lafferty left full right so I'm going Lafferty left full Boyle right full uh, I'm going to go I'm going to go makeshift for this one I want to see a swim but I think we can do it if we go up there and put out like a second string you could say um, Sean Callum centre half with Pico to celebrate his Cape Verde uh, call up we're going to go in the middle of the park it's got to be Watts it's going to be a Alua up top in the middle Brandon Kavanagh playing in the hole um, who else we want to play McInef McInef with a bit of McInef Finn and this is all over shop give us someone on the left Borky come on stick in Borky and we can switch it up at half time if we need it that's all over shop by the way Brandon Kavanagh in the hole Thomas Alua up front Finn on the right ish yeah, go on, go, Prof. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say two all. You no, I'm not. I'm not gonna say two all. I just predicted said I wanted to win. Two all was in the back of my head there. The phrase Prof gave me there. Jesus <laughs> Christ! Uh, How many times have you not predicted a win? I'm gonna go an L Jing Jong three two three two. Right. Two all uh, stuck uh, there though. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why. Well, I, I want to see the same team again. Younger Lua. I want to see the same team again, unless there's any niggles. Then you know, rest one or two. Like I said, I'd like to see Brando in. I'd like to see a bit more Lafferty. He's still a new yep. player. A little bit of fitness, yeah. But anyone else, I'm not. Yeah, I'd rather just yeah. try and stick with the same eleven as possible. So I want to see this first win. I'm gonna say one nil win. Pico header. Oh, late late one as well. So uh, that is it. Start the eleven and predictions. Our boss, do not forget to leave the abo at half three. We are accommodating all the members who are going to the big meeting on Saturday, and um. Please get in touch if you want to go onto the bus because it's going to be a cracker. It's our last one of the season. We're looking good. A couple of spaces off being comfy. If you ran buses, you know the story with that. Uh, yeah, so that is it for this week. Well, we haven't uh, had a... Go on. Hopefully Lorenzo doesn't have something against League of Ireland pictures, Gare. You know, you know what he's like. <laughs> Who? Lorenzo. Lorenzo? 
The Hurricane. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. Forgot all about him. Yeah. Enzo will be coming thick and fast, but that is it for this week. We do not forget, it's been a while, Prof. We haven't had Monty Madness. And our next one is this Sunday, so we've Terry Parmar and Richie Porty coming into the new look Johnny Blues bar, so we should have a bit of crack with that. Yeah. And, um, I think Parmar played in 2002 final, did he? So he, he has... A, a, a definitely a blue, uh, yeah. a lower saver. Anyway, we... Um, yeah. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to this weekend. Sligo with the Monday Madness on Sunday, so it's been... This has been a very enjoyable episode, Prof. I have to say, very enjoyable. Very enjoyable. That's indeed. I think we'll probably just... Go on to the Aviva, Prof. Go on to the Aviva. I'm just kind of looking into the into the distance here, and if there was a camera, it would be kind of panning out, <laughs> and you could see a little tear coming down my eye, because I'm a happy man. We'll leave it at that. So that's it this week. We'll see you in Tallis Stadium, and then we'll see you at the Abo Half Tree Departure, and that is it. So keep on hoping. You'll love to see it. Well, Saturday night at 8 o'clock I know where I'm gonna go I'm gonna pick my baby up And take her to the picture show Everybody in the neighborhood Is dressing up to be there too Cast out of Hollywood And the popcorn from the candy stand Makes it all seem twice as good There's always lots of pretty girls With figures they don't try to hide But they never can compare To the girl sitting by my side Saturday night at the movies you see when you're with your baby